Hey, this is Cody. And Kevin. And Franklin. Thanks for joining us on the Conversations on Jesus podcast. Pull up a chair and hang out as we talk about who Jesus is and what that means for our lives. Hello and welcome to the Conversations on Jesus podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Kevin and I'm here with Cody and Franklin. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm doing well. Doing, doing well. well. Great. It's a great day to be here. It's Staying nice to be back. It is great yes. to be back. Been off for a little bit. Two two weeks? This will be week three if we miss this week. So <laughs> Well, we're weeks. here, so we, here. <laughs> we can't miss this one. <laughs> <laughs> no need to fret. And we are in chapter 12, picking up in verse 38. Um, we talked about in the previous episode a number of things, specifically Jesus, uh, his confrontation with uh, Jewish leaders over him healing people. And uh, they got pretty upset with him, called him the devil. And Jesus shot back and um, they went back and forth. And then in verse 38, uh, the story picks up. And uh, Matthew tells us that some of the scribes and Pharisees said to Jesus, uh, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And Jesus said, uh, I'll tell you what, an evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign or asks for a sign. Yet no sign will be given to those um, but the sign of Jonah, the prophet. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish or a whale or a sea monster, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So what is up with that? It seems like a strange answer to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for this time, I mean, they have no idea what um, what that entails. Like, Jesus already knows what's going to happen. And he, he's oh, proclaiming yeah. it right here. He's saying that he's going to die and be in the earth. But they're like, what is this guy saying? Yeah. They do not. Like, like if even for, like, a regular passerby or even someone that would, like, follow Jesus, mm-hmm. you you still might not catch what he's saying. At right. That, right. Right. Yeah, because if I remember right, he had made mention that uh, he would be giving up his life mm-hmm. uh, one, I think, one time prior to this. And so this is like the second time of him alluding to it. And this time he doesn't just allude to it. He compliments it with a story that they would be very familiar with. Yeah. And so almost like Jesus is saying, okay, if you didn't pick up on it the first time I said it, do you remember what happened to Jonah? Yeah. He was gone for three days, three nights. Yeah, that's going to happen with me too. Yeah. And making that tire comparison so that people maybe would pick up on it a little bit more. Like, oh, yeah, maybe what he said was, was really right. And he really doesn't plan on staying around forever. And maybe I should, you know, put a little more effort or a little more thought into this following Jesus guy than what I had first imagined. Because, well, you know, I, he's going to be around a while. Right. And Jesus is saying here again for the second time, I'm not going to be here forever. Right. On earth. Right. In physical form. Right. Which is uh, bothersome for some people because they want a king or a messiah. And the king of the messiah is going to, well, like you had been saying, he's going to be here for a while. He's going to at least establish his kingdom so that everybody can be clear. So all this talk about going away, yeah, that would make... um it would make no sense, not because they don't understand that people can go away, but that just doesn't even fit right. into the categories of what is going to happen. 
Right, because their expectation is that the Messiah is going to, like you said, be king and right. be around for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. And just like, yeah, uh, I'm king. Right. But I'm not going to be around in a while for the way that you are right. expecting me to be. Be right. like saying, oh, were you going? No, well, I was just going to say it makes sense that they would think that, though, too. Right. I mean, Moses was alive for a very long time. That's mm-hmm. all they've known. Right. And mm-hmm. David and Solomon, like, they've all been around for a long time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, I was just trying to think, it'd be like somebody saying, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go hop on my bike and go for a ride. And when I'm flying through the air, I'm going to do this. And you'd be like, I understand what riding your bike is. And I know what it means to be in the air, but those two things going together, like it doesn't make any sense to me. And for Jesus to, I mean, they're seeing, some of them are seeing him as King and the King is going to. He's going to rule here. So for him to say, I'm going to be gone, like, it's, yeah, it's strange. Um, so three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that and like what that means? Yeah. Before, can we run through the story of Jonah real quick? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, just to make sure, because he says, um, whoops, here, like, let me get back. Um, oh, geez. Here we go. Um, just as Jonah was three dates and three nights in the heart of the, uh, or in the belly of the fish or the whale or whatever. So the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this judgment, with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Okay. So what happened with Jonah? Um, high level overview. Um, the word of the Lord comes to to Jonah and says, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish, Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he runs away from God. And then he went down to Joppa and found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down to it to go, to, to go with them so he could be from the presence of the Lord. And then you remember he's on the on the ship and it gets really windy and people are praying and praying to their gods, it says, and trying to figure out what's going on. And they cast lots to figure out um, what who is causing this. And a lot falls on Jonah. And they determine that they're going to throw him overboard. It's, it actually says... Um, I just held on. I just imagine like us sitting in this room and like we see this tornado coming at us and we're like, okay, Kevin, what'd you do? Right. Frank, Franklin? <laughs> right. Franklin, Draws. what did you do? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, it was me, guys. And yeah. You're like, all right, you're out of here. Right. Leave. Beat it. <laughs> Leave. Yeah. That tornado is following you, so you better hit the road because we don't want to get hit by the tornado. Right. Yeah. I just think about like, that'd be crazy. Right. But I mean. Right. So the people ask him, who are you? And he says, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the man, then the men become extremely frightened and they say to him, how could you do this? For the the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So they said to him, what should we do um, to you that the sea might become calm for us? Like, what do you, we need this to stop. Um, He said, Jonah says, pick me up and throw me in the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that on account of me, this great storm has come upon you. However, the men, you know, they try to row and get out of it on their own. 
Um, then they call on the Lord. They do this time. And it says, they say, do not let us perish on account of this man's life and do not put innocent blood on us for you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. So they pick up Jonah and they throw him into the sea and the sea stops its raging. But um, uh, the Lord appoints a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights, it says. And then in there, he's praying and he's wrestling with God. And then at the end of chapter two, it says the fish vomits him up on the dry land. And then the word of the Lord comes to Jonah again. So like in, in the book of Jonah, there's chapter one and chapter two are by themselves. And then chapter three and chapter four um, are set apart, although they're, they're part of the same story. And the Lord says, arise and go to Nineveh and proclaim it, proclaim to it the proclamation, which I'm going to tell you. Then Jonah gets up. I can't talk right now. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. And he begins to go through the city one day's walk and he cries and he says this, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's his great message to Nineveh. And um, uh, then the whole city repents. They all, they tear their clothes and they sackcloth and ashes and they, um, they, they repent. And, uh, when God saw their deeds of repentance, he says, or it says that, um, God relented concerning the calamity, which we, he had declared he would bring upon them and he did not do it. So he holds back. And then usually, so I think most of the time when I hear the story of Jonah, it stops right there. Like. Jonah reluctantly gives that half-hearted message and the whole city goes, yeah, man, you're right. And they repent and God goes, okay, you, you know, I'm not going to destroy the city. But here's the crazy thing that happens in chapter four. It says it greatly displeased Jonah and he became angry and he prayed to the Lord and said, this is exactly what I said was going to happen if you sent me there. Like these Stupid people are going to repent if you sent me there. And look what's happened. You told me to go there. I proclaimed your message and they all repented. <laughs> and God says, um, and, and he said, Jonah says, in order to forestall this, in order to keep it back, I fled to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me for death is better to me than life. Like, what kind of man is this? Right. It's crazy. That's a crazy ending to a yeah. story. And then God says, do you have good reason to be angry? And then there's a plant that grows up over Jonah, and he's so happy the plant is giving him shade. And then God destroys that plant, and he's in the sun. And God said, do you have good reason to be angry about the plant now? And Jonah goes, yeah, I have good reason to be angry. Even it makes me want to die because I'm sitting here in the scorching heat. And the Lord said, you had compassion on the plant for which you did not work and which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city, um, which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right and left hand, as well as many criminals. Like that whole story is... Jonah running from God. Yes. But it's all revolving around this idea of God is gracious and he's looking for opportunities to rescue people. And even some bonehead like Jonah, 
that he forces to go to this city and says, preach to them. And Jonah reluctantly does that. They all believe. They all say, yeah, we're, we don't, you know, we're sorry that we live this way. And then Jonah's angry about it. Right. Well, like it, uh, listening, it makes me think of like, okay, Jonah's probably looking at the city of Nineveh Mm -hmm. as like their, their lost cause. Yeah. There's no reason to go. Like, what can I do to help them? Yeah. Those people like, come on, God. Right. Like I can't save them. And well, and God is like, just trust me. And Jonah's like, yeah, it's not like, I'm no, I'm going to do my own thing. Take off, try and run from it. And it doesn't work. Try and run from it. And it doesn't work. Yeah. And then God delivered. And then that's like being like Jonah has to swallow his pride. Right. In order to like confront God about it. Mm -hmm. Like his pride of saying, no, this is not going to work. And then they go there, and then all he says is, 40 days, you're going to lose every, You're going to be overthrown right. unless you repent." Right. And then boom, they all repent. And then he goes, "See, I knew this was going to happen." Right. You always save people that turn to you. Like that's <laughs> well, isn't that the point? Isn't what the point is? Isn't the purpose for someone? Oh, right. I but mean, Jonah didn't want God to be right. 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 I know because Jonah didn't want to go. I know. But the, like the whole point of our faith is like to produce good fruit. So mm-hmm. with Jonah going there and even though he had a half hearted message and just said in 40 days, you're going to perish. Yeah. Whoa. Right. But the whole what God was doing behind the scenes was bringing those people to him. That's right. Even, even though it was something as simple as those 40 days and you're going to be gone. Right. But right. that like to me, that's like that's what hits home. Yeah. Like, um. I mean, Jonah not wanting to go and then being forced to go, like God's going to put you under pressure to make you do things you don't always want to do. Right. And, like, there's so many good points to that story, but for me, the whole, like, that's the point that I said. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. Well, like, it makes me wonder, like, out. okay, the people in Nineveh, right? Do you think they saw Jonah being vomited up by this fish? I don't. I you know what no I mean? Idea. So then, yeah. okay, it, if they didn't see it, like, why would they have any reason to believe him? When wasn't it a like day's if walk? He, if he's there, well, they believed what he said. They right. believed you know that that I mean? came but, from God. But like, why? If I'm, if they were so quote unquote lost, or you know, if there were so many thieves and people right. who don't know left and right hand, like they're very. It seems like from the explanation here in Matthew, like they're very far away from their walk with God. Right. Well, that's what Jonah believes. That they're un that they're unsavable, that they can't be redeemed by God. Yeah. But God the whole time is well he so I said that wrong. I think what Jonah believes is that they very well can be saved by God because God will rescue them. And he knows, he says, You're a God uh quick to compassion, slow to anger, abounding in, in loving kindness or steadfast love. He knows God is gonna rescue these people. But he this is where it's tricky how you interpret the book of Jonah. Does he hate them so much? He he so despises the people of Nineveh that he tells the God whom he knows is abundantly compassionate, I'm not going over there because if I go over there, you're going to redeem those people. And I like, well, that, that's the wild. point that I think I was, I was trying to get to is like, what reason to believe outside of the Holy Spirit and God working in the people of Nineveh? Oh, yeah. Did they turn and repent? Right. Zero. Be- because yeah. this random guy, shows right. up who gives a half-hearted message who didn't want to be there and that still convicted them yeah. to repent right like only right. the work of god can do something like that only right right yeah absolutely yeah now 
while we're backtracking. Um, well, we're not backtracking. Full steam ahead. How I'm going to backtrack. <laughs> yeah. You know how crazy it would be? Like, they throw Jonah overboard, and I just imagine this, like, blue whale. Yeah. Just, oh. <laughs> right. Taking him in. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, like, right next to the boat. Yeah. <laughs> I think of, like, this Hollywood moment, though. <laughs> like, the ship just sails off in the distance, and Jonah's just kind of sitting there floating in the ocean. Oh, you think he sat for a minute? Well, I'm saying, like, that's the oh. way Hollywood would portray yes, it. Right. Yes, They wouldn't yeah. do, like, this giant whale, like, no. immediately. Right. right. He'd have to sit out there and float for a couple of days, and then all of a sudden this whale comes up and swallows him. Right. There. Yeah. You ever see those pictures in the kid's book of Jonah? Where he's in the in the belly of the whale, and there's a light, and there's a and he's there's got a, a he lit a candle, <laughs> yeah, and yep. he's like sitting on a chair or something yeah. and thinking or praying. Like, Mike's no man, I don't think that's what happened. I think Jonah was scared, had the life scared out of him, if he was alive, which that might be something we can talk about. Well, that's what I was. I've never heard that. Yeah, somewhere along the way, I have heard that. Like, so a lot of people want to disprove the story of Jonah, saying it's not physically possible, right? And I wish I remembered where, but like watch this video, read this or something about how it would actually be possible, you know, possible to, be live, yeah. to live three days, three nights inside of the stomach of yeah. a very large fish or a whale. Right. And I was like, that's crazy. Wasn't there about. a dude that just got rescued from a fish? A big. Yeah. I'm like he, sure. he wasn't in there for days, but he was in there for a while. Yeah. And the fish. They caught the fish or the or he got out of it, but he was alive in like yeah. but he thought, Man, I'm gonna die here pretty mm-hmm. soon. But How? okay. Nope. I don't remember enough about the story. I shouldn't right. have even said I, it because yeah. I have no details, but I just remember reading same, something like same that. Same thing with with what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. The, I just, the I logistics want, behind a human body surviving inside of a whale. It's crazy. I just wanna know how do, how does someone end up in that situation? I don't and know. how do you get found? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, well the right. whale delivers them on shore. What's that? The whale has to deliver him on shore. I know, but the situation Kevin was talking about. Oh, oh, the guy, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't. I in sh- today's world, I don't know how you get caught <laughs> in the fish. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So back to Jesus. Uh, we are on the Queen of the South. That's where we're at. I yeah. Believe. So. So um, okay. So Jesus makes the connection. Before that, Jesus makes the connection. Just like Jonah was in the in the belly of the fish. So the son of man will be in the heart of the earth. And your question, Cody, was what? Or you were getting to what thing? I uh, just wanted to talk about that. And like, is that Jesus being away from God or separated from God? Oh, I see. While he's in the heart of the earth. Hmm. Hmm. Is that? What does the heart of the earth mean? Yep. Yeah. And getting to that. And like, because I've heard heard it said, um, like Jesus went down and and I don't know the validity or enough truth behind it, but went to hell hell, yeah, against the enemy, devil, mm-hmm. and then three days later comes up and goes to heaven. Right. Do you know where that comes from? Off the top of my head, no. So it doesn't come from the Bible necessarily, although there is a point in the New Testament where, where Peter talks about Jesus going and preaching to the people in chains, um, and I, we can go there and look at it in a little bit. But in the Apostles' Creed, it says, um, Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried, and he descended into hell. That's where that theology is coming from. Is in the Apostles' Creed, it says very plainly that he went to hell. And where is that? What's the Apostles' Creed again? Uh, an old, old, ancient um, uh, 
statement of faith that the churches used to uh, define what they believed. So uh, the Apostles' Creed, it says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then in the third part, I believe in the uh, Holy Spirit, um, the church universal, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins. It's just um, an old statement of beliefs that the church grabbed hold of and said, yeah, this this does a pretty good job of defining what we believe. Do we know where those came from? Yeah, so nobody really knows exactly where. It didn't come from the apostles. That's the first thing to say. It was written hundreds of years after the apostles died. Okay. But it's called the Apostles' Creed because it's it's does a pretty decent job of summarizing some core apostolic truths okay. that came from the apostles. So if they were looking to spread the gospel of Jesus quickly yeah, and say, okay, here's your 10 main points mm-hmm. to just push everywhere. And if you don't know a lot, here's 10 things that yeah. you can take and start yeah. believing now yeah. and work on your faith from there. And it's really nice. A lot of mm-hmm. churches quote the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. I think it's wonderful. It's good things to say, yeah, we believe in the Father, we believe in the Son, we believe in the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's uh, clearly Trinitarian, um, and it creates uh, some uh, unity with other churches that don't believe everything the same, but hold to the Apostles' Creed and differ on some other... There could uh, be some minor things. Yeah, that. that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good unifying thing if it's not taking the place of Scripture. So what happens, though, is that there's some very uh, familiar things that the Apostles' Creed said, and one of the things that it says um, is that he descended into hell. Interestingly enough, they changed the translations in some of them. So it won't say he descended into hell. It'll say he descended to the realm of the dead, which I say amen at that point. That's exactly, I think, what the Bible teaches. Mm -hmm. Well, I give my thing away on your question, but yeah, so... So, uh, the heart of the earth, did Jesus go to hell? I have a real hard time with that. Cause I don't see that anywhere in the new Testament that he went to hell. There's not like a factual, like, like something that you can revert to is like a say. verse. Right. Is the, that what you mean? Or yeah. That? Yeah. I don't know. Although, so, so Peter, what is the verse where it says, uh, he's separated from God while he's in the tomb? Um, it doesn't say that either. So people get there by looking at what Jesus says on the cross where he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And and people often draw the connection or the line to he was separated from God. He's forsaken. I feel like, yeah, it may have been somewhere else that I was looking at it. Yeah, and it might, yeah, it might be. Um, I'm trying to find here. 1 Peter 3. Uh Okay, so 1 Peter 3 says, Jesus was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After be- Okay, so put to death in the body, made alive in the spirit, resurrected from, uh, er, okay, so I'd have to work that out, sorry. Put to death, uh, made alive. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built. That That's one of the, places that people point to and say, okay, he went and, and talked to imprisoned spirits. Where are their imprisoned spirits? Well, they're in hell. Well, I've also heard from uh, other churches that there's like the, 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 I don't even know what to call it, like a veil. So when you die, you're not in heaven and you're not in hell, but you're in this like blank 
space in between like the yeah 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 i guess yeah it would be purgatory yeah yeah so so purgatory is uh uh, it's a Catholic doctrine that teaches it's a place where people go before they go to heaven um, to be purified. Mm. And it takes sometimes a very long time for people to be purified in purgatory. And you can pray for them and you can... I'm not a Catholic theologian. I don't know everything, but right. you can pray for them and offer certain things to shorten their amount of time in purgatory. Um, and one of the important things that I've read and heard... Um, Uh, Catholic theologians say is people who go to purgatory are saved but it's the process of being purified before you get to heaven Um, again when I look in the New Testament I can't find that anywhere right the the Catholic Church has apocryphal books and it shows up in some of those but we as Protestants our Christian tradition doesn't hold to those as being authoritative so that's where we would I divide a little bit there. Yeah. So in First Peter, yeah, First Peter chapter three, mm-hmm. where you had said made proclamations to the spirits in prison who in yeah. the past were disobedient, when God patiently waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared. So like, all these people in the past that didn't listen, right? And Noah's building his ark, and so then God's getting ready for the flood. Uh, the next verse or next sentence says, "In it, a few, that is eight people, were saved through water." Mm-hmm. And so to me, with this section of scripture, it appears that there's, there is some place where these people are mm-hmm. that isn't heaven. Um, we don't know exactly where it is, yeah. but we know that they're, yeah, we know that they're not in heaven, mm-hmm. but we don't really know where they are. Right. But they're not in hell either. Uh, we is don't know. We don't the know. The possibility. Right. We right. don't know. That's, we don't know where that is. That's where I. That's yeah. what I was getting to with, with that, like veil. Yeah. The, I wasn't referring to it as purgatory because I've heard that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like this, um, like almost waiting for the second coming. Like is an what intermediate I've, state is yes. what people talk yeah. about it most of the time. Right. Yeah. 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 The, so the. Do you, do you want? Sorry. Did you, do you have more to say? No, I didn't want to get going like, on something. It makes me wonder, like where. Yeah. Because where's prison? Yeah. Right. It, it makes us uh, be less um, uh, driven by the theology of the times in which we live in, and it forces us back to the Bible, which is a good thing. Because even the language that we're using of going to heaven or going to hell, you don't find that anywhere in the, in the Bible. Nobody right. goes to heaven in the Bible. The only thing that's talked about that is where Paul says he ascended to the third heaven, which is a... That's a whole very <laughs> odd uh, thing, and it's its whole yeah. It's a whole other that's a whole story. different conversation. Yeah, but what Jesus says to the thief on the cross is, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Mm-hmm. Again, not heaven. He doesn't right. say he's going to heaven. Where is heaven? Heaven is here. It's the new heavens and the new earth are where we are right now. It's going to be a redeemed world and, and a new heaven here. Heaven is um, talked about in Genesis. It's the uh, realm of God. It's where God is. And it overlaps sometimes with earth. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven um, being instituted here, it's drawing near. Why is he saying that? Well, because Jesus is here and the gospel is being proclaimed. Mm-hmm. Like heaven is around us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're working through something like this, we have to punch through that that uh, wall of people either go to heaven or go to hell. 
let's just use the language of the New Testament. Jesus says, where is he going to be when he dies? In the heart of the earth. Mm -hmm. But where does he say uh, to the thief on the cross that he's going to be? In paradise. In paradise. Right. So there must be some place, even the word place, some realm of existence that is not final, but it's different from what we experience right now. Um, the one place where it's been helpful for me is where Jesus, albeit it's in a parable, so you have to, we have to be careful with those. He talks about Lazarus and the rich man when they die. He says that the rich man is in Hades, and um, there's a, a, a big gulf between the rich man and Lazarus, who's with Abraham. And Lazarus says, cool my tongue, it's torment in these flames. Hmm. And and Abraham says, look, that's not possible. There's a great divide here. He couldn't even come to you if he wanted to. Um, so it seems to be that, and that's I don't even want to push that too far because that's a parable and I'm not super clear what point is being made. I don't think the point is to say when we die, we either go in fire or we go in Abraham. Right. What I think the general point is, is like what Paul says. If you're believing in Jesus, when you die, you go to be in the presence with the Lord. Right. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yep. Um, but here, then we have to deal with things like this. Where does Jesus say that he is? This is in the heart of the earth, mm -hmm. which, which is the language you would use to talk about it. Like you're dead. They right. put people in the ground or in tombs. You're, the realm of the dead is down, mm -hmm. it's, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's it's super interesting to work through it all, um, but it's not as clear as maybe we would like it to be. Right, but, and, I, and I think it's awesome that you made sure to reinstate that. Like, heaven is not a place, hell is not a place. It's yeah. like a, it's, it's almost like a state of being, like you said, like a realm. Yeah, right. it's real. Yeah, oh I mean, yeah. Yeah, but... Like in Revelation, it says that death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. And then there we get language. Right. But where is it? Yep. I don't know, but they were thrown down into it. But you can dig as far as you want into the earth. Right. You're not going to stumble into hell. Right. And you can go as high up as you want, and you're not going to wind up in heaven. Right. And it's just, it's the language they used, imagining what God has talked about. And then we, 21st century, go, well, we've explored a little bit and we can get into the ground. Right, because we want a place. <laughs> yeah. And we you guys are all foolish because you don't know. And they're like, I think they would be shocked if yeah. we said you don't know what you're talking about. Right. They're like, no, actually, you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you took what I said and turned that way yeah. in the wrong place. Yeah. So for us then, what is the point that Jesus is making? He says that he's going to be like Jonah, who was swallowed up and resurrected, brought back from death. So was Jonah dead? So that's one of the questions. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> if if you had if you were like uh, you got to answer right now, I've leaned more and more to the idea that Jonah died. Uh -huh. That the whole story of Jonah being swallowed by the fish. Um alone if i just read that story i think yeah he was swallowed by a fish and he was in the fish praying and everything and then he vomited him up but when i look at what jesus says how he interprets it now i'm like oh 
We know that Jesus died and then he came back to life. And he's going to be like Jonah. Yeah. So does that mean that Jesus believes that Jonah, the whole story was that Jonah died and then God brought him back to life? Not resurrected like Jesus, but like resuscitated. Jonah's going to die again. Oh, right, right, right. Jesus is never going to die again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that those are all pinging around in my head most of the yeah, time, and yeah. I haven't nailed it down. Huh. I, I guess that'd be a question for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so now I believe we're in the clean. Yeah, but, yeah, okay, so n- nevertheless, he says the men of Nineveh will stand up with the generation at this or at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented of the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Do you remember where Jesus said, if this message had been given to Sodom and Gomorrah, they would be around would, today. Yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. But Tyre inside, and you guys are gone. Right. Like, you've had so much revelation. And Jesus is looking at these people and, and saying, Nineveh, the sloppy message that they heard. They're going to look still- at you. Something greater than Jonah is here. Like, I... You're looking at the revelation of God talking to you, mm-hmm. and you're turning your backs on it. Right. It's crazy. And all they heard was, you're going to be gone in 40 days. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Poof. Yeah, we got change, guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then we fi- then we get to the Queen of the South, right? Yeah. In verse 42. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So the Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. Uh, for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here. Yeah. Okay. So Queen of the South. Um, let me get to it here. I just lost it. Um, it's in a couple of places in the Old Testament. But First Kings says that when the Queen of Sheba, or the Queen of the South, heard about the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to him to test him with difficult questions. And she came to Jerusalem with very large, uh, uh, a lot of money and and wealth and everything with Mm -hmm. camels carrying spices. And she came and spoke to him about all that was in his heart. And Solomon answers all her questions. Nothing was hidden from the king, which he did not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba perceived all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the attendance of waiters and their attire, his cupbearers, his stairway. um, uh, Then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. Nevertheless, I did not believe the reports until I came with my eyes and had seen it. And behold, the half was not told to me. You exceed in wisdom and prosperity, uh, uh, which I had heard. How blessed are men. Um, blessed be the Lord, the God who delighted in you, um, who set you on the throne. And she gives the king 120 talents of gold and a very uh, large amount of spices and precious stone. Never again did such abundance of spices come in as that which the queen of Sheba gave Solomon. So like with Jonah, it's that whole story of, well, we, we kind of have to know, you know, what was going on at the time. Right. And, and there it was a story of somebody coming to Solomon and getting great wisdom. A, a long way. Yeah. The ends of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this was something that really stood out to me. So when I was looking at it, I um I had to look it up, and it said that uh, the Queen of Sheba was from Ethiopia. Okay. And they're in Jerusalem, I believe. Yeah. So, like, um, latitude, longitude, that's a long way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that, she had to go a long way north to right. get there. She, she traveled a great distance. Right. Yeah. 
So Jesus, looking at the Queen of the South, says something similar to what he said to Jonah, that she will rise up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it. Or what he says to Nineveh, not Jonah, to Nineveh. Because she came from the ends of the earth, as you were talking about, Franklin, how far she traveled, to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Which it's like, okay, Nineveh, listen to Jonah. The Queen of the South, listen to Solomon. You guys don't listen to me. And I'm greater than both of the people that they listen to. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's, it's wild. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to really comprehend because it's, like you said, it's almost like uh, Jesus is saying, you guys don't listen to anybody. Like, yeah. You, like, right. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't really know how to tie that in, but like to, when you're, when you said that, I'm like, yeah, wow. They're, they're not listening to the King of Kings. Right. But these people listen to, a prophet that got spit out of a fish <laughs> right. and said that. Yeah. Like, if I heard that, I'm like, I'm disclaiming your story right away. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. this lady, like, word through the grapevine. Right. Like, that, it, it had to travel a long right. way. So I'm sure there was, like, I mean, probably not because, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I guess. But typically, it's like the game telephone. I say something to you, and you say something completely different to Cody yeah. or... Yeah, y- you know it's it's one of those things where yeah. it's like, how do you guys not understand what I'm trying to say to you? Right. Yeah. Which Jesus has said on multiple things, like you don't you don't even listen to Moses, so you're not going to listen to me. Right. You you read the scriptures because you think that in them they you have eternal life, but I'm telling you that it's me. Right. And like, it's just yeah, over and over again, he's redirecting, yep. constantly redirecting. Yeah. And here's a good example of. Two famous stories. Well, one more famous than the other, um, at least for us, Jonah. But And that's why I liked reading through the stories because we get the struggle and then how Nineveh reacts. And that's his whole point, how Nineveh reacted. Mm-hmm. They accepted the message. The Queen of the, uh, queen of the South or, uh, um, accepts what Solomon had told her. And then he's looking at these guys and they don't. They reject him. Right. And you guys are teachers and scribes, and you know the law, you know the the, the Hebrew Bible, right? And you're still right. And it's like Jesus says, it's a, it takes the faith of a mustard seed, right? Like that's it, right? And they can't even have that, right? Mm-hmm. And okay, and all this built on this idea of, or not the idea, but Jesus he, healing the demon possessed man. So then it's, so then he he launches right into now, <laughs> which is so he goes. Um, Uh, And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Now, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and and does not find it. Then it says, I'm going to return to the house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. That is the way it will be with this evil generation, which is like, it's intense. Yeah, that's not that's not light. No, it's not lightheaded at all. Yeah, <laughs> and he keeps saying like, "I'm talking to you." Right. Like you, you think that maybe it's those people over there, but no, I'm looking you in the eyes and I'm saying, um, uh, "Nineveh is better off than you, and the Queen of the South is better off than you." And uh, by the way, demons <laughs> when they come in and get in people, and then they're sent away and they come back because the person who uh, they came from doesn't care. They're going to bring more back and it's going to be worse. And 
unless you've forgotten, this is about you. It's right. going to be worse for you guys because you're hearing the message. You have me in your t- in your talents, and you are constantly rejecting me. You're not listening. Um, I couldn't imagine hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for real. Can you imagine? Like, okay, they're not they're not wanting to listen to Jesus, right? And then he goes and says this, right? And like, how do you how do you receive that? You listening now? Like, right. <laughs> like, what's what's the alternative? Right. Because if if th- this guy is saying it's worse than even that. And I know how bad one is. Yeah. And I know how bad it is when that one comes back. You saw me exercise a demon. Right. Like you guys are witness to what it looks like. Like, And it's going to be worse than that. Right. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm with you, Jesus. Right. Like what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, how, they weren't, they weren't they, you, right. You know what I mean? They weren't, <laughs> yeah. but like, how do you, how do you see the alternative? Like not knowing all of that right. and still, meh. Right can't be true i think yeah those questions are perfect because it leads right into chapter 13 when we get there and he's gonna he's gonna be saying that to people look Mm -hmm. you're why do you not understand what i say are you not listening you don't see you don't understand right i'll tell you why you're you're not you know you're not getting it so then okay so then wrapping up this chapter matthew says while he was still speaking to the crowds his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him And someone said to him, Behold, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But Jesus answered the one who was telling him and said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. Which again, typical statement of Jesus. Your mom and your brothers and sisters are outside. They want to talk to you. Instead of saying, I'll talk to them a little bit, he goes, <laughs> actually, you don't know who they are. You think that because she gave birth to me that she's my, but I'm telling you who my true or my, a di- on a different level, yeah. mother and brother and sisters. Right. And he talks about disciples, us, them, connected to Jesus in that particular way. Well, and it's like it, it, in that section, it shows that Jesus, he's not showing any preferential treatment. Right. To, to Mary or his brothers and he's showing like that family is is not just blood alone right right it's not just who you're birthed by and who you're related to right it's much bigger much broader than than that right right and I think that's why it's so important to remember that like your church community is one of the most important things mm-hmm. in your faith because right. um, that's one of the I mean not few places but it's one of the more prominent places where you're gathered with multiple people that believe the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not saying that as so because so that statement, I mean, I backtrack a little bit because that statement can be taken like, Oh, so you're in the same room with a bunch of people that believe the the same things. So you're not going to progress. Yeah. No, I'm saying it as like, you're in the same room with people of the same faith base. Right. So you're, you're going to be more like-minded. People are going to strive to push you to be a better, um, faith brother christian brother christian sister mm-hmm. um who have you um yeah i mean they're gonna hold you more accountable into a higher right. standard yes right. yeah. uh, very much so right. yeah possibly even more than people under your own roof would yes. in some situation right yeah yeah so like i said um good segue into chapter 13 when we get there Jesus is going to kick us off. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. And I, I hope, we hope to see you guys again on our next episode. Sounds good.
See you.